Hello and hey, 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 hi, hey, welcome back to a- another episode of our Def Leopard podcast. Till death, till death, do, do us, us party. party. So, this is a historical account of the band Def Leopard. Uh, Hysteri- it's a critical hysterical. Account. Yep, a hysterical account of the band Def Leppard and a critical examination of their work. Yep. Uh, I will be your host, uh, Stuart Wellington, the Leopard Tamer. <laughs> and with me, as always, is Dr. Def himself, Alex Smith. How you doing, Alex? I'm great. Uh, so like Stuart was... said, my name is Alex Smith. I'm the resident uh, hysterian here on yep. Till Def Do Us Party. So, Dr. Def, I just tried out a new nickname. How do you think that fits? The Leopard Tamer? Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Fits like a glove. I can't believe I haven't been calling you that for 10 years or more. 10 years or more. The entirety of our friendship. Okay. Oh, man. So, or slash working relationship. M- more. It's definitely been more than 10 years. Yeah. That's what right? you said. 10, 10 or more years. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Uh, what we do on this here podcast is, uh, <laughs> my mistake, podcast. we talk about the band Def Leppard, and tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the album Hysteria, which was yep. one of their huge hits. But before we get into the meat of this album, I want to talk a little bit about the name of the band Def Leppard itself. So, uh, Alex, okay. I was doing a little bit of research, and okay. uh, I don't know, uh, back in the day when they were pressing records in the old record shops, yeah, they used to call uh, they used to call like a full length album an LP, right? Yeah, a so long those, play. So a long play, but also like when you're just hanging around with the boys, yeah, uh, those guys working in the factories, uh, the industry term of LP became slanged into. Leps or leopards, and when yeah. a particularly good LP was being uh, passed around, they would say that leopard is deaf. Right. Thus, the band Deaf Leopard was created. It's a little bit of Easter egg for all you industry heads uh, that their na- band name is named after a particularly good sounding LP or leopard. <laughs> all right. Well, that's canon now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's officially officially canon. Um, I think we've had. I, I think we had a, an earlier. Uh, d- didn't we have an earlier story as to how uh, they, they got their name? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't I, it's, checked. It's, it's, it sounds doubtful now. Now yeah. that we know. Now that we know that, that. Now that we know this, the the real history behind it all. Yeah. So uh, uh, hysteria. Last last time we got together, Alex, we talked about the the little bit about the album, little overview, and the first song. We talked about the album cover and the opening track. <laughs> over the over the course of the last episode, we discussed the way the cover looks and the one opening song, "Women." Yep, which was uh, I don't know if you know, it's right right off the gate. It's a real banger. Oh. An incredible banger. Uh, actually, the first it was the lead single here in the United States. Yep. Uh, we didn't mention this in the last episode. Uh, Women was the lead single in the United States. Uh, off Animal, the album Hysteria. Off the album Hysteria. Uh, this, this album came out in 1987. Uh, and they, they released Animal as the lead single in the UK. But in the United States, they decided to go with what I've heard multiple people describe as the most rockin' song on the album, Women. The mo- because they wanted to make sure they... Because the, the album has more of a pop sensibility in general, they wanted to make uh-huh. sure they, they grabbed the rock audience and kept somebody, them somebody on board. Somebody could say that. I don't know if I'd agree, but... I, they, I've heard multiple people describe that as the only real rock song on the album, and it, there are some real hard rockin' bangers on this LP slash Leopard slash Def Leopard, uh, Def Leopard's Hysteria. Um, thank you, thank you are, for saying it properly. <laughs> there, there are quite a few. Uh, Run Riot. Uh, Run Riot's I, I don't awesome. want to get... Ripper. We could go down a road right now of uh, Armageddon It. We could go down a road of, of me describing uh, we don't need, or me we don't listing need to... the best big rock songs on this album. But uh, that's not... that. 
that would probably take away from how fucking great women is. Women is mm-hmm. so awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we discussed uh, pretty much the whole episode last time. So we're sitting here with a cup of joe, a cup of coffee that is running yep. low. Alex, why don't you freshen us up on this cup of joe? And by cup of joe, I mean understanding of the themes of this record. <laughs> okay. We discussed, the, the again, the opening track, Women, which is um, this Garden real, of Eden allegorical mythological uh like f- fantasy about the creation of women. Uh, it's it start the album starts with the words in the beginning God made the land, and then we get women uh, who are uh, according to the song they are one part love one part wild one part lady, um and what and what's one the last part, part child okay that's weird <laughs> yep very weird uh. But that's that's how they decided to how they decided to describe women at that time. This was a different time, remember? Like we like I mean, we discussed s- before. This was the Reagan era. Wait, the same day this uh, that last ep- uh, that last episode came out, didn't uh, didn't Def Leppard uh, tweet out that that same <laughs> they formula? They did. They did. We released so it's our not that- episode. Even and if it's they, a different time, it's <laughs> <laughs> they're still they're still hanging on to it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, so that is funny. We released the episode, and then I think at about an like two hours later, the official Def Leppard Twitter account uh, tweeted out the video for "Women," which was the song we discussed on that episode. Yeah, that's the video where they are in lab coats, uh, weird sciencing <laughs> up a beautiful babe, right? Actually, no. Uh, that is the video that we're gonna make, okay. but the uh, which, <laughs> oh, which is which is uh, such a great idea for it. But the actual video for women is uh, is this thing where a kid buys a comic book, and the comic book is like women being created out of um, it's on a different planet, and these robot women are are built, manufactured, and then the kid okay. the kid does something in the video. Uh, where he like scratches off a number on the like it's like a serial number on the on one of the robots, and he scratches off this number with a coin, and it turn he changes the comic book. He turns the robot woman into a real woman, and then Def Leppard. He's enters. got a magic coin, right? He's just got yeah. It's I think they just wanted to get they wanted this kid to be. They wanted the kids watching the video to feel like they were like a part of the story, right? Okay. I think that's probably yeah. what it was. That makes sense, yeah. Anyway, so once the robots become real women, Def Leppard enters the story and frees these robot women who are being enslaved by whoever, whatever made these robots, right? Uh, and then there's some great panels where Joe Elliott is like saving all these all these women, and they they love him. I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we review when all we, the videos <laughs> of Def Leppard. When we go through every video and discuss, because uh, that yeah, there's a whole that is an uh, that is an entirely different field of leopardology uh, is uh, is understanding the visual. Uh, interpretations of the songs and not just looking at the lyrics and the sounds and how you, how you're supposed to take it in as an oral experience. So, you know, uh, Alex, the more I talk about the, my proposed video idea for Def Leppard's women, the more I am pretty sure that that same concept was used by Duran Duran in their electric Barbarella video. (laughs) It's. I mean, it was also well. The, the concept of weird sciencing uh, was was also used in was the it movie in the movie weird science. in the movie weird science. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think we have to. We don't have to worry about uh, claiming that we made it up. Like we're okay. not going to have to sell it as something that we invented because we're literally calling it weird sciencing. Yeah, it's not um, like we're claiming it sprang forth from our minds like Athena from Zeus's brow. Sure. Yeah. Or that we, you know, that that Bride of Frank, that we invented Bride of Frankenstein, or any other movie where somebody just makes a person. By the way, um, that that metaphor I used was the original example of weird sciencing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful woman coming out of somebody's guy's head. <laughs> okay, so so right after uh, women wraps up. Well, he, uh, so. The, Did we talk the about gist, the themes yet? The gist is, uh, 
and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the thing where I recap everything that's happened up till now in Def Leppard's whole career. After, but after two albums of songs that have been about masculine freedom and uh, and 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 power and objectification of women, escape from women, rejection of women, uh, like this unchecked masculinity, murder. Uh, we remember at the end of uh, Pyromania, we were lying on the ground in a pool of our own blood while a crowd gathered and the rain came down. And, uh, and, and we just are watching our life like drip out of us. Yep. We are brought back to the simplest possible thing, the beginning, the introduction of women into men's lives, which is like a kind of a redemption through simplicity through uh erasing all of the uh all of what's happened in between and so um so it's kind of a so so hysteria presents itself to us as a kind of garden of eden allegory uh right away right uh, right fresh out the gate um where we meet the fairer sex and Joe Elliott, in some way, at least like sort of spiritually, is redeemed by his newfound appreciation for women by going back all the way to the beginning. So that's women. And then after women, we get the song. Song Rocket. number two on Hysteria. Rocket. Rocket. Pick slide there. Yeah. Okay. So Rocket opens with uh, some backwards vocals. Oh, big surprise. I shouldn't, you know what? I shouldn't even say that because uh, I I didn't know for a long time. um, It seems obvious to me now because I know that. So so I wonder. But the first thing you hear is that, you hear that thing. Yep. And I didn't even know. I didn't even know that was backwards vocals. It's so, it's so sort of washed in reverb and delay and these effects to where you don't yeah. really know um, if it's backwards or if it's just super vague. The closest I could ever get to giving assigning lyrics to that. Have Stuart? Have you ever tried to assign lyrics to those fir- that very first thing that happens in Rocket? No, I thought that was the sound of a person being shot into space on a rocket. Okay. Like so, that's somebody just like screaming in the air. Can can you replicate that? Can you do Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so that's like you're going to light speed. It's almost like you're speaking in tongues or something. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. just so it's there's just so much stuff going on, right? Yeah, that's the thing. All right, so the the closest I could ever get to lyrics for that was um uh oh oh hopeless nights when filled with doubt and pity. Okay. Uh which is uh not like that's that's definitely darker than than what we're going to get into with the lyrics. <laughs> okay. So it's uh, so uh, that interpretation of what is being said there is probably a little more emo than what the song demands. But we now know through the miracle of modern technology, we now know that that's uh, actually just um, reversed vocals. Okay. Like, like when we, Stuart, you remember when we listened to um, uh, rock of ages in the oh, guitar yeah, yeah. solo section, yeah. there was that stuff about, uh, Brezhnev having herpes and, uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of, they, they, they were calling out 
they were calling out the Soviet Empire. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that in a in a in a way that they masked by reversing the lyrics. Okay. Uh, so so this so this is also some backwards vocals and uh, and let's I, I I've actually I've reversed it. Uh, well, I've forwards it to where you can hear what it actually is. <laughs> I think that's the proper term for yeah. I, I've I've, I've forwards it. Uh, so let's let's listen to that now. Okay. Did you hear that, Stuart? I fucking totally heard that shit, dude. That's we're a fighting. F- we're fighting with the gods of war. That's wait. That's a line from a later song, Alex. Yeah, that's a line from the song "Gods of War" later yeah. on this album. So, uh, so we won't. We don't. We don't need to figure out what that means at this moment. Okay. Uh, but we should know. We should note going forward that. This song has must have something must be connected to Gods of War in some way. And it's called Rocket and War and Rockets. I mean, you can see you can see somewhere that they might be connected in yeah, some way, yeah. right? There's a relationship. Uh so let's see. We're um Shall we? Shall we just go into the lyrics? Shall we listen to the first verse? What do you want to do, yeah, Stuart? Yeah, yeah. Give me some of that. Give me some of that first verse, dude. All right, first verse of Rocket. So, first verse, white lights, strange city, mad music all around, midnight, street magic, crazy people, crazy sound. That is creating a picture, Alex. Right. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's classic Def Leppard song structure. It, he creates a world for us to inhabit, mm-hmm. and, then, uh, and then we move on from there. Sounds yeah, like I we're mean, in like a street party or a street fair. It's like the song. Uh, it's like the song "Too Late for Love" in that we are in a public place, uh, and we are fi- we are we're finding ourselves in the middle of some ritual. White light, strange city, mad music all around. Midnight street magic. Except there's like a positive attitude here, as opposed to um, "Too Late for Love," where it's where it's yeah. all. You know, there's something. There's a, like a chorus of children crying over some some impending dark ritual that's about to happen or something. All right, verse two. Is, Wait a minute. So he's created he's created this world, right? And then yeah. he starts to populate it with people. So yeah. you got Jack Flash, Rocket Man, Sergeant Pepper, and the band. All these guys, they're all in this fucking place, man. All Ziggy, this in the street fair. Benny and the Jets. Take a rocket. We just gotta fly. All right. There's a lot Does of that names. Mean drugs, Alex. There's a lot of names there. Those are not drug names. This. All right. So <laughs> the the lyrics of this song uh, require more footnotes than pretty much any Def Leppard song that's preceded it, as far as I know. It's okay. possible that they've hidden this many characters and this many cultural references. In an earlier song, and I've just never, in all of my studies, ever found it. So the um, so Jack Flash, let's just let, let let's just run down real quick a few of these a few of these references here in in the second half of the first verse, or or maybe okay. verse two if you want to let's count start that. Start digging as into two. this meat. Jack Flash, that's that's I think a reference to Jumpin' Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones. Okay, Rocket Man. Uh, obviously, the Elton John song has has, has a uh, uh, you know a huge song called Rocket Man. Yeah. Um, Sergeant Pepper and the band. That okay. is a reference to uh, an album that a band called the Beatles put out. Sergeant okay. Pepper's Lonely Hearts they're, Club. They're also band. from they're also from England, right? 
Yeah. Uh, the Beatles were a like a slightly lesser known British band from the 1960s. Uh-huh. Um, the Beatles. Uh, it's it it's spelled with an A, B E A T L E S, like beat. Um, no, like uh, like then, Beetle Bailey. No, I think Beetle Bailey is spelled like a beetle. B E E T L E. Uh, okay, I'll check that out. But there's probably a beat. Uh, there's probably a band out there. I thought he was named that because he loved the Beatles. Oh, I've I've never seen him reference the Beatles at all, and I'm pretty sure his name is spelled B E E T L E. But there's probably a band out there called Beetle Bailey <laughs> that's spelled B E A T L E Bailey, or at least like a uh, like a like a roller derby girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, like a roller derby girl named Beetle Bailey. <laughs> that's exactly Bailey's that's the a girl's exact, name. That's exactly yeah, it is. It is, and that's exactly the right. Uh, that's exactly the right mixture of like menacing, like reference and sexuality that you want in your roller derby name. Yeah, because presumably is, the girl that is, is named Beetle, Beetle Bailey, Bailey is that she's kind of old. So you're like, maybe if she falls down, she'll break herself. And she, okay. and she's gonna be and she's gonna beat on you. B e a t Beetle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if it was spelled if it was spelled like a beetle, you'd be like, oh no, is she an insect? I don't want to fight against that. Gonna, well, and she has a tough outer shell like a beetle, yeah, a carapace. What so, Stuart? Uh, what would your what would your uh, roller derby name be? Um, it would be, oh man. So if my name is Stuart Wellington, yeah, it'll have to be Sewer Wellingtown. <laughs> sewer. <laughs> like the sewer is welling up yeah, in the yeah. town. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're like going for kind of a gross angle. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to, I don't, I want my opponents to not want to get near me because they're like, hey, I don't want to get easy wet. You wouldn't go to Sewer Wellingtown. No, of course I mean, not. If it's on the it's, map, you're like, I'm going to take a different route. <laughs> okay, a- Alexander Smith, what uh, what would yours be? I think mine would be Psycho Brahe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that everybody in the audience is like, oh, like famed astronomer Tico Brahe. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what I want that's them hilarious. to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and your opponents will be very nervous because you clearly have excellent vision. Yeah. yeah, and like a fake nose made out of gold or something. Yes. they can't break my nose. <laughs> yeah, they'll be nervous. They'll have to change their strategy so they don't go for your nose. Uh, that's a pretty right. good one. <laughs> okay. So I Let's guess we're, uh, we're going to start our roller derby team. It's just me and you. Uh, how many players do we need? Like five? Uh, I don't, I have no idea. I've seen so many roller derby movies, but I don't know how many people are yeah. on the team. So you're, you're obviously going to be our jammer. I don't know the other yeah. positions. Um, but there's probably some blockers, some blockers, some jammers. So, uh, right now, is there, just, a bo- is there a ball in roller derby, or are you just going around in circles? You're just going in circles, man. Now, okay. the interesting thing is, right now, just hearing the two of our names, uh, Sewer Wellingtown and Psycho <laughs> Brahe, uh, it's really difficult to draw any kind of a correlation between <laughs> what our names might reference. So, if we're trying to have like an entire thematic team, it's impossible to know what our team's theme is. That's why we're going to need some more players. And maybe there'll be a couple like other, like shorter, uh, no, leaps, no, I think, I think that's how we psych- that'll be required. I think that's how we psych people out is we only have, we're just those two, <laughs> those two unconnected names and we're the only people on the team. Oh wow. Yeah. We're going to have some trouble. I think, I think you need more than that to win the game. I don't, I don't think so. If you're just roller skating around in a circle, what if you're just faster than everybody else? That's actually a really good point, Alex. Maybe if we, I guess our strategy will be to roller skate really fast. Yeah. <laughs> the two of us are just going to try to be super fast. 
I don't. Um, that's the thing. I don't think anybody does that when they roller when they do roller <laughs> derby. They don't try to be super fast. And I think if they did, I think we're onto something here, Alex. Stuart, you're you're bringing up one of my biggest complaints about what I imagine is wrong with roller derby. Okay. <laughs> not knowing anything about it okay. is that what is that you know you just you just go really fast and nobody ever um, nobody ever fucks with you in it unless. Someone gets really smart. Now this would be our this would be our Achilles heel. Uh, is if somebody were to slow down just enough to be lapped by us and just elbow us right off the right off the what do you call it? A a rink. The right? rink, sure. I think that's what they call it. Now I you know, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I might ruffle some feathers. Uh, I really don't care if anyone's gonna take issue with this, but like I think you should just go really fast in roller derby. Yeah. I don't, yeah. You know, I'm not here on this podcast to make a lot of friends. Uh, I just well, want to... You're not. I'm not. You're not right now, Sewer Wellingtown, but that doesn't sound like that's your MO anyway. No. Uh, if your name I'm here is to, Sewer... I'm here to win roller derby matches, and yeah. the way I'm going to do that is by rollerblading faster than everybody. You're here to chew bubblegum and win roller derby matches. Yeah. And I am all out of uh, roller derby abilities and references. So let's. Uh, so we finish. You're gonna want to first... spit that gum out if you're actually trying to roller derby faster than anybody else, though, because that that can that could be a real problem if you got uh, if you're trying to you know keep your breathing real efficient, but you've got and gum it, in and your it'll, mouth. And it'll weigh you down. Like you don't need extra weight. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the first verse down in the song yeah, Rocket we, by the band Def Leppard let's fire up that second verse uh well let's let's hear this little uh there's like a little bridge section um okay let's do the thing you want to do <laughs> uh it is let's see yeah it's a bridge that goes straight into the chorus so i think actually I think we can probably play this through. I think there's not. I think that. I think this will fit into our legally uh, allotted amount of time to play a song. So uh, we're gonna hear the bridge and the chorus of Rocket right here. Uh, this is first bridge, first chorus, right here. So I love how the uh, first verse ends with, let's get in this rocket and take off. And then the bridge is like, you are flying on that rocket into outer space. Like that bridge is all built up, baby. Yeah. And you're flying. Well, and there's, okay, so the, obviously there's a, there's a persuasive message here. Uh, It's, it's a, you know, it's in second person. It's saying, I can take you through the center of the dark like I can shoot you up into the dark sky. Yeah. Um, we got to fly. You and you and I are going to fly out into space. We're going to fly. Um, the next line of the bridge is on a collision course to crash into my heart. Uh, Must be so in outer a, space. Yeah. There's a there's a metaphor there, or or his heart is literally out in outer space. I got to say, it's the first of a few things that happen in this song where. Um, where I would, I would, I would tell Joe Elliott to take some of the language out if he was really seriously trying to get somebody to get on a rocket with him. Like, <laughs> sure, you're like, saying that he's he's muddying the message. He's muddying the message a little bit. Like, bring, like saying collision course when you're trying to get somebody to get into your rocket. Yeah, is not. It's not the best way. Like you want to you want to not say collision at all. Yeah, anywhere, yeah. Um, and then he says, I will be your, I will be your, I will be your rocket, yeah, satellite of love. 
Okay. Rocket, yeah, Satellite of Love. So uh, that's a reference to uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000? I actually don't know the reference you're referring to. I mean, I know Mystery Science yeah, Theater 3000. Yeah, that's what they call the, uh, the, the space station they're on, the Satellite of Love. Wow. So that's a pretty broad reference that I don't know about. But um, the the main reference that uh, that I'm aware of in in that is Satellite of Love. Okay. Which is a which is a Lou Reed song. Okay. Which is probably what Mystery Science Theater 3000 is referencing. Yeah. Um, and then also. And I, I don't know if I should get into this. Well, yeah. Why don't I? Why don't I go ahead? And, I mean, I, I think this is your venue for getting into it. Yeah. All right. So, the word "rocket," the name of the song. It's got rock uh, in it. It's got rock in it, which is huge. Uh, yeah. The, you know, rocks are a, huge. Like you, <laughs> rocks are frequently huge. Sometimes small. Uh, they get smaller over time. So. Uh, it also rock the word rocket sounds like you're saying rock it, like you're saying the word rock and then it it. Uh, but okay. also, there uh, there's a song from the '50s called Rocket '88 that was the first ever rock and roll song. It is accepted like for musicologists, rock historians, um, and hysterians that Rocket '88 is the first ever is a Jackie Benston song and it was the first ever official you know coming out of coming out of R&B coming out of uh, soul music it was the first ever rock and roll song and this album came out in 87 wow uh, a lot of these a lot of these singles came out in 88 uh. this single came out in 88 and uh and it if you look at all of the references to other rock and roll songs that happen in the verses, I I think a big part of what's going on here in this song uh, is a like a reflection on the history of rock and roll. It's uh, it sounds like Def Leppard's just picking up that baton from their forebears and running with it. Yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah. Rocket 88 is the first ever rock and roll song. Rock and roll gave us metal, which gave us Def Leppard, which gave us pop metal, which is what we're listening to now. And uh, we are saved, basically, by the prophecy of Rocket 88 in the fulfillment of it with the song Rocket that came oh, okay. out in 1988. This song completes the journey and the cycle of, you know, of of of, uh, of big rock and roll. Okay, so this is uh, this is both the beginning and the ending. Yeah. So uh, so we've had some huge shit so far in the album Hysteria because we've been, we've gone to the very beginning of time uh, for humans. With the uh, creation of women, yeah, uh, and now and now we're kind of now we're kind of reflecting on and fulfilling the prophecy of the entire legacy of rock and roll uh, with the song "Rocket." Yeah, I mean they don't—they're clearly not uh, steering away from big issues on this album, you know. It's yeah, it's it's a lot of uh, yeah. The theme the themes are the themes are huge, but they're also simple. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're. Uh, they're 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 trying to cut to what's important. I think. When, yeah. What, when, what makes us all inalienably human? Yeah. So if we go to so if we go to verse two, right? It starts with the same. It start. It, it it's the same formula. It's got a, it, some atmospheric like it sets the picture with the words spotlight, magnetic, razor rhythm. Laser love. Um, I like that. Yeah. And then guitar, drums, load up, stun. It's commands that you've got. You, you have to rock at this point. Yeah. You've got your guitar. You've got your drums. 
You need to load up, which is one of the most, I can tell you from experience, load up is one of the most fun parts about being in a, in a rock and roll band. Is loading uh, up all is, your stuff? Yeah, it's how much you have to do. You know, every time you play like a half hour set, you have probably like four hours of loading and unloading of gear oh, that man. you have to do. And that's a lot of fun. So, you, so you're, now you're doing that onto a rocket. Okay. And then we go to the second half of the second verse where we, where we start listing, again, some rock and roll references. We've got Jet Black, Johnny B, Gene Genie, Killer Queen, Dizzy Lizzy, Major Tom, so come on. Uh, all right, so the first one there, Jet Black. Uh-huh. That Jet Black is probably the most obscure reference did in this say, song. Did you say Jack Black? He did not say Jack Black. School of Rock had not come out yet, so Jack okay. Black was not the main torchbearer for what <laughs> rock and roll is and should be at like this he, moment in time. Like he is now, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jet Black is what? Jet Black is the name of a guy, a pretty interesting guy, actually, who was, um, who was the drummer for a band called The Stranglers. They were like a new wave punk band, British punk band. Um, in England uh, in the 1970s and 80s. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he, he's not somebody that a lot, of, uh, a lot of Americans, I think, would be all that familiar with. Uh, but I think, I think his inclusion here is very interesting because he, he is somebody who in the early 80s started uh, um, messing around with drum triggers, like electronic drums okay and uh, if uh, our uh, you know our what, what do we call them our partners yep who have been paying attention over the past few episodes who know that rick allen had his arm stolen by the <laughs> by uh, the soviet empire in retaliation for what they did to brezhnev uh, on the song rock of ages uh rick allen <laughs> started playing an electronic drum kit at the beginning of, or, or as they were recording this album, Hysteria. So Jet yeah. Black was a guy who was a, a, not so much popular over here in the States, but he was somebody who probably had a lot to do with um, innovating the sound of electronic drums. He also, he, Jet Black is also known for um, uh, innovations in, in kick drum placement. I, I don't really understand what, the, what, what that what that is, but he did something about he he fixed the kick drum to where you could you could put it anywhere. I don't really know what that means, but um, so there was something wrong with kick drums before Jet Black came around, uh, and and obviously kick drums are much more important to a person who has two legs and one arm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah. Jet Black, Jet Black, uh, a bit of an obscure reference in the song, but a very important person in Def Leppard history, clearly. Uh, because because they're relying a lot on pedal technology and on electronic drum technology. So then his got, inclusion makes sense. Oh, it absolutely makes sense, and it's uh, and it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Um, Johnny B is I, I think Johnny B. Good, the uh, Chuck Berry song. Yep. Um, one of the you know just a just one of the like sort of hallmark uh, rock and roll, early rock and roll songs. Gene that's Genie. The song that, uh, that's the song that Marty McFly played, right? That, that is the song that, uh, if, yeah, if you're Mar- in the... Marty McFly invented. <laughs> that's the song in our current timeline that Marty McFly <laughs> invented, <laughs> invented rock and roll with. Uh, it, I'm, I'm using a, a previous timeline to say that Rocket 88 was the first uh, rock and roll song. Uh, okay. but, in, but in our current timeline, of course, Marty McFly invented rock and roll and uh, somehow Chuck Berry heard like two t- 20 seconds of it over the phone and then wrote the entire song again somehow extrapolated was, yeah, the entire song extrapolate it, yeah. <laughs> from hearing just a little bit over the phone and then uh and, I and mean, the rest the, the phone line technology back then was really good yeah and uh you know the rest is history and that's why Calvin Klein is such a legendary uh legendary name in rock circles uh-huh. but uh, we've got Gene Genie after that, which is a Bowie song. The, the David David Bowie, David Bowie, uh, Killer Queen, a reference to Queen. Yep, gotta love Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dizzy Lizzy 
is a song that um, was, I think, most popularly known as a, a again the other, the lesser known B- British band, the Beatles. Uh, Dizzy Miss Lizzie was a song that they did on uh, I think it was Help, and then uh, and then Major Tom, uh, which is another David Bowie song. Uh-huh. Um, R.I.P. David Bowie, we should say. <laughs> yeah, because you have to say <laughs> R.I.P. the Beatles. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Let's clarify every time we're talking about R.I.P. R.I.P. Queen. Sure. Uh, Major Tom is another reference that where I would where I would if if this was somebody pitching it to me like a timeshare or something I'd be like hey back off a little bit because Major Tom is to me yeah, is one the of the breaks a little. Major Tom to me is one of the scariest songs I've ever heard because it ends with a guy out in space who's losing contact with. Uh, the home base that's how it ends so it's like the most terrifying song because he's just stuck out in space and he'll never ever talk to another human being ever again and that that's not something i would bring into my pitch like hey get in my rocket and let's go somewhere yeah, you would, you wouldn't it'll say, be fun you wouldn't say hey get on this airplane we're gonna all watch snakes on a plane yeah because you're like <laughs> yeah, yeah. that could totally happen to us right yeah I'd have a little more laser love, a little more razor rhythm, uh-huh. uh, a little more stun, and a little less Major Tom. Sure. Personally, that makes sense. And then, uh, and then we got the we got the chorus again, and then there's a long, uh, a long sort of breakdown yeah. section, um, which is bunch of sound clips, bunch of audio is, clips, which is notable. Because, uh, yeah, it's 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 got these, uh, it's got these samples kind of layering over each other. It's basically just a drum breakdown. It, <laughs> it's funny. There, the the it's called a guitar solo. Yep. By uh, Guitar World magazine, in a list that they did, where they were they were counting down the worst guitar solos in history and they counted the breakdown of this song as the 17th worst guitar solo in history, which I think is really disingenuous because this is not a guitar solo. Can we listen to a little bit of this and we'll just this like to. Yeah. Let's uh, let's state your case here. Yeah. Cause all right. So let me just find where, Right around four minutes and 20 seconds. 420, dude. Let's blaze it. Anyway, so that that is what they're talking about when they call that a bad guitar solo, uh, because basically there's a bunch of like da da da, like little sampled those guitar those like that's that's plugged in those chugga so chugga things that are just kind of randomly scattered around there. There's some their, like uh, their live performance, right? So that they can uh, they can run around the stage and get the the crowd all amped up. Uh. Actually, it's well. If we're gonna be real, let's be real here. <laughs> okay. That's so that they can get some little some mid-show blowjobs, as far as I know. Because yeah. the um, when I so I saw Def Leppard uh, not on this tour, but after it on the Adrenalize tour, and they played Rocket uh, 
and they, I believe it was the same setup. They performed in the round, and uh, Rick Allen, the drummer, was playing on this big electronic drum kit that was on a platform that rolled around the stage. It moved the entire time uh, as they great. were performing. It's incredible. It was really, really cool. And then during Rocket, during that breakdown, basically everybody leaves the stage and uh, Rick Allen's drum kit uh, raises up into the air about 15 feet into the air, I think. <laughs> yeah. And he and yeah, he, he didn't per- go out up on the fucking stage with a tape measure. Nope, nope. And I'm terrible at judging distances like that. But it, so the so he uh, so he performs this drum solo during that section uh, that was that is significantly longer than what they do here. And we should note that for the radio cut of this song, that that a lot of that is cut out. A lot of that breakdown is cut out. But the um, but it's not a guitar solo by any stretch of the imagination. So to rank it as a bad guitar solo is I mean I don't know what I don't know what that's like. That's I mean it's it, yes eruption it is not but it is but it's not trying to be eruption. It's a drum breakdown. Yeah, it sounds like a basic misunderstanding of what's going on. Yeah. That's not their. That's not their concept. That's like complaining that a hamburger sandwich that you order isn't a pizza. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Unless you're um, getting a hamburger sandwich that's a pizza burger, because then, I mean, that's basically a pizza, right? It's got the cheese. It's got the ground beef. It's got the tomato sauce. It's got I, the bread. Yeah. No. No argument from me. It's got the pepperonis. The pupa, the pupa-ronis, <laughs> as they call them, uh, in mother, mother I- Italia. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were from Italy. <laughs> I am actually uh, on my mother's side. Okay, my mother is a quarter Italian. Okay, so you were raised Good in news. Italy. Uh, Fapiano, uh, my my great grandfather on my mother's side was like a boxing promoter. Uh, okay named uh i think he was named buddy fabiano <laughs> and he just uh he died walking down the street one day sure and if you ever disrespected uh, if you ever disrespected him he'd be like oh alex i'm gonna give you such a smack <laughs> yep yeah i mean that I, that would probably have happened if he had lived to see me be born i'm sorry all right no yeah, we got to say R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Old buddy Fabiano. Okay, um, so, uh, so we've flown up into outer space. We flew around while Def Leppard uh, did a little breakdown that is not, definitely not a guitar solo. Yeah, and then uh, then we wrap it and up definitely, with some more chorus. And definitely awesome. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that we've said that enough about this song, but it if it fucking rules. Yeah. Um, uh, as as much as the language makes me want to not get on this rocket, uh, the music and the drums, there's like this, there's this pervasive like, uh, this layered drum sound on here that sounds like you know it sounds like some drum circle thing, but where everybody but where it's awesome and it rocks and everybody's like in yeah. rhythm because they layered like tons and tons of drum tracks on this one. Um, and is so that a guitar got, sound that that's going waka chicka waka chicka waka chicka waka chicka? No, the waka chicka waka chicka is is actually just layers of very very heavily reverbed electronic drums. Okay. Waka chicka waka chicka Yeah, yeah. So there's like so there's that in the background. Yeah. That that is also just layers and layers of Rick Allen playing drums. And then there's the main drum track on top of that that yeah. Rick Allen is playing. And then we got um, uh, we got some serious gang vocals for the chorus. Yeah, you can hear like seven Joe Elliotts in there. Rocket, yeah, satellite love. Exactly. Okay, so um, shall we hear it? It it's been uh, it, the. It kicks into like double time towards the end of the song. Shall we hear uh-huh. that? Shall we hear? Shall we hear how uh, how rockin' rocket gets towards the end? 
Yep. And uh, and then we'll and then we'll 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 wrap this uh, this song up. Here we go. Let's hear just the. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Sorry. There's something I wanted to I wanted to ask you because I because I can't remember if this is true or not. But the the countdown that happens in that breakdown it says countdown commencing. Yep. This is a this is like a sampled voice. I don't know if it's one of them just trying to sound like a you know like a like a robot like a robot or like somebody trying to be very official sounding mm-hmm. as they launch a rocket but it says countdown commencing fire one which fire one would be very confusing to the person sitting in the rocket if they were about to count down launching it to say yeah, fire well, one yeah yeah it's fire one rocket yeah, that sounds like you've skipped the countdown, though. Countdown yeah, commencing, fire one. Like you might hit the, you might hit the rocket button and blast yep. off into space right there. But mm-hmm. so, but he says it anyway. He says countdown commencing, fire one, and then he goes five, four, three, two, one, zero. We have liftoff, and that happens, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So successful liftoff. Congratulations. Thank yep. you very much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have liftoff. Do they normally count zero when they count off a rocket launch? I should have looked this up. I really meant yeah, to look this up. Yeah, it might be different in different countries, too. Oh, right. The British space program might count to zero. Count to zero. I think I saw it in a Wallace and Gromit cartoon. Except they would say, wouldn't they say zero? Zed? No, that's the letter C. (laughs) 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 They would would go go five, four, three, two, one, the letter Z as well. We have liftoff. That's how they would, that's how they probably launch. That's too colloquial. Yeah, yeah, that's how they do it. And there's reasons we don't do that here in America because it sounds so British. Yeah. So... Uh, we got any anything left in the, this song here, Alex? Uh, we were gonna listen to the uh, when it picks up when it goes into double time oh, towards yeah, the end here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's uh, he goes. Well, I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna tell yeah. you how he goes. Let's just let's just hear it. Uh, this is again. We're I'm I'm pulling it up to six minutes and ten seconds. Because this is... Oh, damn. Sorry, Stuart. I just clicked iTunes Store. <laughs> Are you uh, going to buy a Def Leppard album? That is so stupid. All right. Look. Here's something that... I don't know. I haven't updated my iTunes in forever because the <laughs> iTunes... Because every update of iTunes gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And so I just stopped updating it a long time ago. But one thing I would like to know from people who have the current iTunes is because on your phone, uh, uh, the iTunes store and the iTunes library are completely different apps. But on your computer, they're the same program. So every time you're like trying to find something, you're in danger of opening the store. Yeah. Uh, And that seems to me like that should be the exact opposite way. Like it should... It should be easier on your phone to open the iTunes store and harder on your computer, in my opinion. Uh, wait, you're talking about like the corporate synergy of like on your phone, they want you to be able to accidentally purchase things or? No, I just mean whenever, I, whenever I'm in iTunes and I immediately think like, oh, I don't have this song. I better look for it. Yeah. Uh, that's when I'm pissed off that I have to close the app and go to another app to buy a new song. The only yeah. time I ever open the iTunes store when I'm on my actual computer is when I accidentally click it when I'm trying to get to six minutes and ten seconds into the song Rocket. Yeah, uh, and now and then when you're it, like, wait, and then I need just, to buy this Sam Smith Oscar-winning song. Yeah. Oh, that incredible, incredible Sam Smith. Incredible song from Spectre. Spectra. All right. So let's let's hear the uh, let's hear the thrilling conclusion of Rocket after we have had liftoff. Guitar. Guitar. Jones. Lady. Go to 
And then there's some, uh, and then you hear some, some more like radio transmissions from some, some astronauts journey out into the, so at this point in the album, into the spheres, this song at this point in the album, we are cooking with gas. Oh yeah. We got two rocking tunes right up front. Two exceptionally long, exceptionally rocking bangers, fresh off the gate, uh-huh. in his in this in the album Hysteria. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's just so ambitious right yeah. away. Yeah. Yep. And we've been and we've been taken we've been taken on a journey from the absolute creation of humanity to. Something that sums up the entire uh, voyage of rock and roll. So it's it's huge. And so with uh, Rocket out of the way, I think that's a perfect time for us to wrap this episode up, Alex. Yeah, we uh, we we did a whole other hour talking about one more song. I yeah. uh, I think hysteria might take us a little bit of time. There's just so much to get through in it. Yep. If this is your first episode, uh, episode of Till Death Do Us Party, uh, normally we cover an entire half of an album per episode. Unfortunately, we uh, hysteria is taking a little bit more time than normal, right, Alex? I wouldn't say unfortunately. Uh, I would say since we, since we're talking about the band that great albums, aka LPs, aka Leopards. AKA Def Leopards are named after. Yeah. Uh, it makes perfect sense that each song on this album might be a full Def Leopard. Yep. Each song. In terms in terms of how much weight and significance they have. Yeah. So uh, I guess let's wrap this up. Uh, as I said before, I'm Stuart Wellington, the Leopard Tamer. Uh, you can normally hear me over at the Flophouse podcast, a podcast about movies, or you can find me on Twitter at FlophouseCat. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name's Alex Smith. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Lydia Burrell. That is, uh, that is my band. Um, and I also make uh, videos on YouTube under the name Howl Dottie. And, uh, and that's it. And I host... A oh, I host a karaoke night, which oh. I plugged in the last episode, not realizing that that was going to come out like almost immediately. And it's actually the day after this drops. This drops on Thursday of this week, and then uh, the Friday, <laughs> the Friday, March fourth. Sorry, I should get some dates in there. March fourth tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, I am hosting a karaoke night in Louisville, Kentucky. So buy your plane ticket. Uh, come on down to Louisville, Kentucky, a bar, a bar called Zanzibar or Z-Bar. Uh, we do a very fun karaoke night on a big, on a stage with a nice sound system. And you can spin a wheel and, uh, and get a taco. You spin a wheel and it picks a song for you to sing. And no matter what happens, no matter what comes out of your mouth, you get a taco. Yeah, no matter what comes out of your mouth, something very specific goes into your mouth. Goes into your mouth. Yep. Uh, it's a it's a great deal of fun. We've done it uh, two times before. We've had great crowds that are very uh, very friendly, and it's a it's a it's a really really good time. Uh, so p- please come and do that if you're anywhere in this area. And I would love to talk to you if you want to come up to and talk to me afterwards or before about. Def Leppard, I would absolutely love that. And uh-huh. Stuart, uh, Stuart proposed that you could uh, last time that you could sing the song "Women," and I'm going to put "Rocket" in there too, uh, or any song from the album "Hysteria." You can come up and you can request that, and I will uh, buy you a beer yep. if you do that. And we'll talk about Def Leppard. It'll be fun. Okay, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tune in in a couple of weeks. We'll do Animal. <laughs>